Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. Everybody, um, it's good to be on here. Hey, good to be on here with with um, the Word of God and Mr. Teresa fixing to start teaching us on Passion of the Bride. We went to the uh, we went to the meeting Passion of the Bride uh, a week or two ago, and it was life changing. And I've been feeling to ask her to to come and share. So she's going to share to about 5.30, and then we'll pick it up from there. And Mr. Teresa, are you on the line yet? Yes, ma'am. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Mom. How are you? Yes. I'm wonderful. I'm, so we're going to yes, we're gonna start off uh, with prayer and just thank God. We just thank you. Well, actually, he gave me a scripture, and I would like to share that scripture. First Peter chapter 3. And we'll start with verse verse 1. It says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. So uh, we're talking about adorning. And when you read on down here, it'll be talking about, you know, wives adorning themselves. And it says to adorn yourself with submission. Let's go ahead and read it. Verse 2, when they observe your... Chase conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. So that means there's an outward adorning. You know, there is one. He said, don't let it just be outward. So it matters how people see you. It matters what you look like in front of your husband. It matters how you treat people. He says in verse 3, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. What does that say? It says, who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive. What did they adorn themselves with? Submission. Now, we're not talking about wives, you know, submit to your husbands right now. We're talking about being adorned with a quiet and gentle spirit and being adorned with submission. Because uh, on up here, we just read where wives can win their husbands by their lifestyle, by their conversation, which means lifestyle. So you may have the meanest spouse in the world. You may have the one that don't think there's a God, and you may have the one that fights God in you every day. But if you adorn yourself with submission, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with somebody that's so humble and humbles themselves before God and before their spouse and before their bosses and before their leaders, before their coworkers? What are we going to do? And we see that gentle and meek is not weak. People seem to think it's weak. But God showed me, he said, Moses was the meekest man on the earth, yet he was the deliverer for the Egyptians. He was was the meekest man on the earth. And the Bible says the meek 
will inherit the earth. Hallelujah. So we want to adorn our, yes, we want to adorn ourselves with meekness and gentleness and a sweet spirit. You know, we, we don't have to fight back. We don't have to push back. We don't have to sound right. We just have to be humble. We, we humble ourselves and then he exalts us in due time. Amen. People say, how do you get from, from where you are when you first get saved to doing your destiny to, to going all over around to the nations, to going around the world? How do you get there? Submission. Submission. We bind that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Submission. Submission is how you get to the top in the world. It's, um, it's pushing and shoving and preferring ourselves, but in the Word of God, it's preferring our brother. It's preferring one another. And I just want to honor Minister Teresa tonight. And I know I'm all about adorning the bride because that's what God put in me in the conference. And so that's what's in me. And she has a revelation of the bride of Christ, and we need that so much. We need that in our body. And I'm just excited to hear from her tonight. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Just be free, whatever you want to do. Amen. Thank you so much, Apostle. God bless you, Freedom Family. Uh, So good to fellowship with you tonight in the name of Jesus. Let's just share a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for tonight. We honor your presence. You said in your word that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there. And so, Lord, we reverence you. We say welcome Mm -hmm. and take your throne in our midst. And for this short period, Lord, captivate our hearts, capture our minds, capture our our spirits, souls, and even touch our bodies in the name of Jesus. As we hear your truth, cause it to bring healing, cause it to realign us with your purposes in the name of Jesus. Cause deliverance to take place, cause minds to be transformed and hearts to be softened towards you in the name of Jesus. I commit each and every individual that you have brought by your spirit to be on this line tonight, that, Lord, you will baptize them afresh with a fresh fire, that, Lord, your purpose for them tonight hearing this word will be established, that this word will bear fruit in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So I just uh, want to, first of all, just thank Mommy uh, Apostle and my Freedom family, all of you who uh, came out for the conference. I love you so much, and we really cherish and appreciate you taking the time out to come and be blessed and to fellowship with that. So tonight, I'm just going to rehash a few um, things that I spoke about during the conference, but the Lord has given me a a focus, um, something to hit on. Uh, So I'll I'll just flow as the Spirit uh, leads me to flow. But um, you can write this down and read it later, but um, the verse, the the scripture I want us to focus on tonight is, uh, very popular to most of us, Revelations chapter 2, verse 1 and 4, where Jesus was uh, uh, revealing himself to the uh, um, Apostle John in, in the, in the will, in, at Patmos, uh, and he spoke these words to him, 
Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, he said, I know thy works. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he said, I know thy works. I know thy works. I know thy labor. I know thy patience. I'm paraphrasing. Um, I, I know all that you do, you know, um, and the fact that you, you hate evil and the fact that you can spot a f- false prophet a mile away. I know all <laughs> that. I know that you've endured. You've been patient. You've done this. You've done that. You've labored. You've been you've worked hard for the ministry and you haven't given up. I know all that. However, there is one thing that I have against you. I know all that you've done, but it means nothing to me because this one thing that I have against you uh, 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 threatens to negate what you've done so far. And this one thing that I have against you is that you have left your first love. You have left your first love. That's verse 4. He said, remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first work. That's all I'm going to say regarding that scripture. So when you go back home, just meditate on it. He said, remember that, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember from where you have fallen. You used to be high up. You used to be... You used to be so intense. You used to be so passionate. But today, see how far down you've fallen. See how cold and frigid you are. See how lukewarm you are. Remember how far you've fallen and repent. Repent, meaning turn around. Turn around. And then he goes on to say, and do the first work. Do what you used to do that set you on fire for me. Do what you used to do that made you so in, uh, uh, fall so in love with me. Do what you used to do when I was your first love, when I was the first, pri- first person on your priority list. Do those things that you used to do. So, so this scripture is talking about two things. When he says uh, you've fallen from your first, you've left your first love, meaning him, He's talking about priorities. You realize that first work, first love, first work, first love. So he wants to be number one, number one. He wants to be the most important person in your life. And then first work, first work talks about uh, priorities. And then the first love talks about intensity or passion. So, so, so. What makes the bride or what makes us, when I say the bride, just put yourself in that, in that uh, don't look at it collectively like, oh, the bride, I'm this big church of God. No, look at it as you, as an individual. So, so what God is saying is that he desires his bride, he desires us, he desires you and I to be passionate and on fire for him and to make him our first priority and to make him first in our affections, to make him first in our hearts. So so this whole thing, in fact, if the Lord had allowed me to title this message, I believe that he would have uh, made me title it Heart Matters, Heart Matters, because that's what I kept hearing when I was preparing this message, Heart Matters, Matters of the Heart. Uh, 
when you're talking about passion, you're talking about love, you're talking about the heart. Um, and the Lord was uh, is trying to get us to the uh, to uh, pay attention to the fact that for Him, the heart issues are what matters to Him the most. Um, if you read throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament, when God was dealing with the Israelites, sometimes to call them His wife. Sometimes when they go into idolatry, he'll tell them he's going to divorce them because they've committed adultery. You know, God God is so passionate about us. God adores us so much that he looks at us with that almost same kind of more intensity. But as far as we human beings are, are concerned, this is the only way we can kind of understand his love for us. His love for us is almost bordering on romantic, you know. He is so in love with us and so passionate about us. He said, my name is Jealous. I am, I am so jealous that I am jealousy itself. When, when you are concerned, I am jealous. I am jealous for your affection. I am jealous for your heart. I'm jealous for every part of you. I want all of you or nothing. That is God. He wants to possess us. You know, when something, when when a spirit possesses someone, the person loses uh, uh, control of themselves, and and another spirit controls them, and they begin to do things under the control of that spirit. That is how much God wants to possess us and make us completely his, so that the spirit of God can just take us over. And so, so, I mean, I'm trying to just, uh, I pray that the Lord is enabling me to just paint a picture of the, the intensity of the passion that he has for us. And, 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 and God being so extreme, you know, God is so huge. God is God-sized in every way. He is God-sized in his heart. He's God-sized in his love. He's God-sized in his passion. He's God-sized in his judgment. No one can stand against the judgment of God. And yet his love is so overwhelming. Everything about God is God-sized. Everything about God is extreme. And so God, who loves us with such passion, requires us to reciprocate or to give back what he's giving us. Because God will not be in a one-sided relationship. God wants it all. God wants you, and he wants you to want him. God loves you, and he wants you to love him. So he will pursue you, and he expects you to pursue him in return. Oh, my God. And so David, the man, heart matters. Remember, we are talking about heart matters. And throughout the whole scripture, the one person that God um, put the limelight on and said, this heart matter, this heart issue, I have found a man whose heart is all mine, and he will do whatever I ask him to do, David. And if you look through the Psalms, you understand why God said that David is a man after his own heart. I have never read any any Bible book, any Christian book, any book apart from the Psalms that shows that a man can be so intense about God. David right, and and as I was reading that, actually the Holy Spirit said, you know what? A lot of times when David is speaking in the Psalms, it's actually Jesus who is speaking, and so Jesus or David was speaking, but 
Jesus, Jesus is our model. Jesus is our model. But through David, the, he would speak and he would say, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. I mean, there are so many scriptures in the, in the Psalms that, will, that shed light on the passion that David had for the Lord. And this is a man that the Holy Spirit did not indwell. This is a man who was not tongue-talking. He did not speak in the Holy Ghost. David did not have the Holy Spirit living in him. And yet David was so passionate about God. He said, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Somewhere he'll say, Lord, Lord, pull up a chair and sit down and let us communicate. I mean, David was a lover of God. God wants us to be lovers of him. Uh, uh, we're going, I mean, this is spiritual, spiritual romance. Spiritual love. God, Jesus Christ, wants his bride to fall back in love with him. And so tonight, this is what the Lord is bringing forth to us. And if you turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, in the Old Testament, the Lord was dealing with the Israelites, and he spoke to them, and he said, And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. We all know what circumcision is. When a man is circumcised, basically what it means that the excess skin of the male part of the man is being removed, excess. The skin that has no use, the skin that is occupying space that is no of no use to the to the to the physiology of the uh, of the of the man, and so God is saying to the Israelites, and He said, He said, I, I will circumcise your heart, and after I've circumcised your heart, then you can love God with all your heart. Meaning, which makes me understand. That if our love is wanting and God is not satisfied with the amount of devotion, he's not satisfied about where we place him in our priorities, he's not satisfied about our passion for him, he's not satisfied about the quality of worship we give him, he's not satisfied about the amount of time we spend in his presence. When God is saying that I will circumcise your heart so that you love me, it makes me understand that our lack of love has to do with the excesses of our hearts. Our hearts are full of excess stuff. Excess meaning things that don't help us, things that have occupied and crowded out God from our heart, or Jesus Christ, let me put it that way, because we are talking about the bridegroom himself. And so God is wanting us in this season to circumcise our hearts too. And this would take, my beloved, it would take us to personally sit down quietly in the presence of the Father and with the aid of the Holy Spirit, ask the Father, Father, what are the things in my heart that are excess skin? What are the things in my heart that have crowded my passion out, that have crowded you out of my heart? And when the Holy Spirit throws light on it, this and with every person, it is different. Each person has a sin that so easily besets them. Yours could be alcohol. Mine could be, uh, uh, what? Uh, what is it? I can't even 
you know, an excess addiction or something, a cigarette addiction or something, you know. So so every person has an excess. It could be MI, it could be entertainment. It could be people. It could be relationships. It could be anything. But, but the Lord wants us to come to a place where we come into his presence and a surgery is performed, where he performed the surgery. David said, search my heart, O Lord. Search it. So we are asking the Lord for a searching. Search my heart, Lord, anything that is excess. Circumcise my heart so that I can love you. I can love, I can make you the first love again and love you the way that you deserve to be loved. Worship you the way that you deserve to be worshipped in the name of Jesus Christ. And finally, I'll say, and and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, regarding these things, these excesses that I'm talking about, which is the focus uh, that the Lord wanted me to really throw light on. This is the focus that he wanted me to bring tonight. Get rid of the excess stuff. Get rid of the stuff that is unnecessary, the stuff that sucks my anointing, the stuff that sucks you, that draws you from my presence, the stuff that makes you waste time, waste time on things that have no benefit to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, it says in the Amplified Version, all things are legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. So we wanna we want God to use us. We want to see the dead raised. We want to see the sick healed. We want to see the drug addicts get free. We need a passion. We need a fire. We need to be in, 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 in a certain place spiritually. And this word is saying that all things are legitimate. We are allowed to do all things. In fact, most of the things we do are not sinful. Watching TV is not sinful. But but there are there, there are things that that actually are not edifying to our spirit. They don't they don't um um they don't build fervor, they don't build passion. So the Lord is saying, give yourself more to the things that will cause you to be more passionate to, about me. If you have the choice between going to a football game and going to church, right? The one, the bride that is on fire, the bride that has returned to the first love will choose church because the, the football game is not a sin, but church is the most likely way to draw closer to God. Church is the most likely way to build fire. Church is the most likely way to stir up the passion. So it comes down to our choices. This is very practical, very practical. So the practical choices that we make in our day-to-day life, in our day-to-day life, that is what is going to enable us to go higher spiritually. The people that are able to do miracles and signs and wonders and release the anointing and, and all those amazing things, the difference between them and the believers that are not able to do it is, is the only difference is that they have paid a certain price. They have mm-hmm. let some things go. That's mm-hmm. the only difference. 
They all have two ears. They all have two eyes. They all have the same heart. They have a heart. They have a soul. They have a spirit. One is hungrier than the other. One is hungrier for more of God than the other. Tonight, I beseech you, my beloved brethren, you and I, let us be them that hunger for more, more of God than things of this earth, than the pleasures of this earth. Yes, we can enjoy life, but it, when, when it comes to priority, when it comes to choosing between spirit and flesh, that we would choose that which would draw us closer to him, that which would stir up our love, stir up our passion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. That is powerful. That is powerful. Thank you so much, Ms. Teresa. I know you have to be somewhere, and um, we appreciate you. We want to hear more of you. And those of you on the line, she'll be coming around Thanksgiving, and I'll get with you tomorrow, and we'll we'll set the date for sure. But um, So we'll hear more on the Passion of the Bride or whatever God gives her for that time. Y'all want to hear more? Yes, they're, they're kind of muted, but yes, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. I know they're shouting. They tell me all the time they're shouting the whole time on the prayer line. So, so God, we just thank you for this word, and, and I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, that was wonderful. Some of the things I heard out of her was um, passion and going back to the first love as it talks about, in Revelation, that he said, I only have this one thing against you, that you left your first love. So how do we get back to that? Someone asked me one time, how do you, how do you, if you're not passionate, how do you get passionate? And I believe it was Pastor Casey. It was a wonderful message, and he preached a couple of weeks ago that, that about being hungry, you know, because the Bible said, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. Those that hunger and thirst after God. So how do we increase hunger? I don't know about y'all, but uh, whatever I do, I start wanting to do. Whether it's exercise, you know, I might plow through and hate it for two weeks, but after that second week, I'm going to get up and and want to do it. And it's like that with everything in my life. I didn't want to. I didn't like to read. I, I had to pray, God, help me, give me a desire to read. But the desire didn't come till I start eating the word. The Bible says to eat the scrolls. (laughs) You know, it didn't come until I started doing it. And I found out with God, I I just love him, and I found out with him that we have to do things first. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So everything that we need, want in our life, the desires of our heart, I'm not saying gives you everything you want, but Really, he said, delight yourself in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So he will give you, but he may change your want. <laughs> he may, You may think you want one thing, and then when you start eating from him, drinking his blood, eating his flesh, uh, he said, if you don't do that, you don't have no part with me. He said, uh, you know, if we want God, we have to eat of him. We have to drink of him. Whatever we drink from, I think as Elder Barbara says all the time, is, what we're going to produce, whatever we eat from is what we're going to produce. So so I love the fact that she said that there's a choice. The Bible says to choose life. There's, he's going to set before you life and death and choose life. And so 
But you know, the God, our God, will He'll He'll make our hearts want Him though. He'll draw us, and we'll just eat a little bit, and then 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 we'll want more. We'll eat a little bit, and now I I hardly can't go through a day that I don't listen to three or four messages a day. I have to feed my spirit. Well, I, I could maybe five even. I have to feed my spirit, and if I don't feed it, then I'm going to get angry and aggravated because the flesh is going to start setting in. That's what the Bible says about dying daily. See, we got to get up and die daily, and we can ride on something a little bit, but but we can't we can't ride we can't eat thirty minutes. Can you eat thirty minutes in the natural one day a week and be okay and don't eat the next seven days? I think Doctor Clusey can, but he's he's Superman. I can. I can can we can we can we survive uh, a week of eating of God? And a lot of people try to do that, and they wonder why they're depressed. They wonder why they're not living in victory. Well, what are you listening to all day? Even if it's just a food channel, after a while I'm going to go eat. You know, I love the food channel, but I'm just saying, what are we eating? What are we drinking? I want to drink the river of life, hallelujah, the river of life, because then that's what's going to come out of me, life. And the Bible says to have an answer for every man that comes to you. Have an answer for them. Where do we get that from? We get it from hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've got to, if you can't, if it's hard for you to read, then then get you some tapes and put it in your ear. Listen to the Bible, and it will, passion will start arising in us. Passion will rise in us when we do something first. He's already drawn us, drawn us to him. So he he made that first move, you know. We're the bride of Christ, so so we're supposed to, the man's supposed to get the, the bride. The bride don't go chase. So he did draw us. He said he drew us with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. So he's drawn us to him, but then we gotta we got to make a move. You know, if you get married, go after the honeymoon in three months, you ain't feeling passion no more then maybe maybe you need to make the first move maybe you need to because uh people that that let's say how do i say it people that are, are real hungry real needy and they don't get that from god they get rejected if someone's not always wanting them somebody's not always pulling on them somebody's not always needing them but god told me with my husband why don't i reach out why don't i do it first why do I wait on him to do it because it, it gave me value wait on him but maybe they get tired of that maybe we need to reach out first hallelujah you say he don't never hug me he never kiss me he never well when he gets off work why don't you kiss him why don't you welcome him in the door with a piece of chocolate cake <laughs> why don't you cook him a pork chop you know why don't why don't you do it first so that's how all truth is parallel you know and uh the relationship with Jesus is like the one of marriage. Ephesians talks about it. It's, so we we just love on God, just and you'll get so on fire for Him. The only thing I could say when that person asked me was prayer, because that's the only thing I knew I did that that made me passionate. So one way, another way too, is just to get back in that prayer, just to lay down sometimes and listen to worship or sing worship out of your spirit. And let the presence of God come on you. And he don't have no problem bringing passion with him because he he is the light. Amen. He's the father of the, he's the creator. He created light. He created love. He created passion. 
So if you feel lonely and you feel like nobody cares, draw it from him. You know, draw it from him. At one time, I was thinking I needed more, needed more from my husband. And and uh, whatever my fit I thrown didn't get it. So um, I, I had to learn how to get that. I had to get in the floor and say, God, I draw this from you. I draw this from you, God. And and God just came on me that that night when that happened. And but I was just too needy. I just wanted someone else to make me passionate. Someone else to always make me want God. I'm gonna want God when I sow seeds to want God. You know, um, we're talking about adorning the bride also. And adorning the bride, uh, adorn means to to decorate, to add beauty like flowers in the hair, to garnish, to make more pleasing, attractive, impressive. Hallelujah. Do we make ourselves that way to our spouses? Do we present ourselves to God? Do we just give him everything and give him a little more than everything? Amen. So I I was uh, thinking about being adorned, and that's what my husband does for me. I have to honor him because... Whatever it is, I can give my all to it. And if it seems like it's just not enough, I'm coming short. I don't even have to tell him, and he provides it. That's how God is for us. God is, my husband will stand back, and he'll see the need. And he'll, just like he did with Freedom 3, you know, I was laying at the altar, and God, how do we get it started? How do we get the rent? We needed $2,000 for six months. How we need? How we get it? And my husband walks in and wrote a check. What did he do? He adorned what God had already birthed through us. And he just adorned Freedom 3 with his gift. He just added to what had already been done, what had already been birthed in prayer. Don't you want to be that kind of person? I went to get my hair done today, and I'm telling y'all now, I know there's different people on this line, and you've got your beauticians and all, but I'm just telling you, the anointing is up there. The anointing is up there with Karen Bell and her business because I walked in and God gave me a revelation on money. But she's sowing seeds, you know. All the time she's like telling people, God told me to give you a pedicure. God told me don't charge you for this. And even me, she said, I can never charge you to do your hair again. I can never charge you for products again. And I just want to honor her for that. And I wouldn't let her do it. I was like... See, sometimes we don't want to be adorned. We don't. It kind of hurts our pride, you know. So I finally agreed, well, you can do part, but not all. You can't do all that. And I left. And do you know what? The Holy Ghost said to me, this has happened today. He said to me, he said, he said, let's see how he said it. She told you that I told her to don't charge you for your products. And you just went past that and told her that you're not that you're going to do this. And I mean, I was mortified. I said, God, that's so arrogant of me. That's so arrogant for somebody to tell me God said for me not to charge you. God said, and I just want to give to you. And we have been so blessed in our life lately. And God says it's because of our giving. And and God said, and then I say, no, I can't let you do that. I just, I just rejected someone adorning me through you know god trying to bless me and i called her back and i said i am so sorry i remember what we just read about the bride the wife that she adorns herself with submission well i want to be submissive to my heavenly father i want to be submissive and i said i am so sorry sister karen i said god just reminded me that you told me two weeks ago 
that that he told you don't charge me and I just went past that word he gave you like you didn't hear God at all I said please forgive me I said and when I come into your shop I submit to everything that you tell me because you're the head of that and and then I'm thinking what's up for getting my hair all cut off (laughs) no but I'm just saying I'm saying that how dare us to take someone else adorning away something that God was precious that God spoke to them because we we won't humble ourselves. Somebody say I got humble myself. Hallelujah! I got to submit and un um, humble myself. Hallelujah! Let's look at Isaiah sixty one ten. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, we love you, Lord. Isaiah sixty one. 10. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me. He, what's that mean? He's adorned me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord co- God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. What does that mean? He's saying, and I know for freedom, so if it's for freedom, it's for for other ministries too. He's saying that when we put him on, he's adorning us to take us to the nations. Have you ever seen, heard people say things, prophesy over you that one time, Evangelist Timmy prophesied over me, he said that I was uh, microphone ready. And I'm like, God, microphone ready. And it hit my spirit, you know. And it's before we were ever on the prayer line or the Facebook live or anything. He said, God said, you microphone ready. And you know when it's God and, and uh, he's speaking to you. And I'm, I just surrendered to that. I just submitted to it. What does that mean? You know, you've been, you've been preaching nine years. And when somebody says that to you, it's at another level. So right here in this scripture, this is, the, this is one of the words God said to say to y'all. That he has adorned you. He has made you ready. He's making his bride ready to go out of their their comfort zones, to come out of those places we've been in and to go to the nations of the world. Because Genesis 12, I say this all the time over everybody else, but God has been telling me to say it about us. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Thank you, Jesus. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family. Now, he was Abram then, not Abraham. (laughs) Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So he's leaving comfort. He's leaving comfort. He says in verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse them that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he's saying first, I'm going to give you a personal breakthrough. I'm going to circumcise your heart and get rid of all them extra skin, all the extra things that don't do anything. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to circumcise that. One time at prayer, I said, God circumcised my heart. I didn't even know what it meant. But the anointing was here so strong, and that's what came out of my spirit. Circumcise my heart, God. Circumcise my heart, God. And I felt like a light shining through the roof to the church, at the altar, and shine through my back and go into the heart, going and circumcised. And it took more than one time. That's what prayer do for you. Break up that phallogram. 
break up that violent ground, the word says. And that happens through prayer. That happens with submission. It happens when God circumcised my heart. Not circumcised my husband's heart. Circumcise my heart, God. Take all this anger and hurt and rebellion and 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 just resentment. Did you know there's a spirit of resentment? There is. And sometimes we just got to sit down and say, God, I resent them for this. God, I resent them for this. God, I hate them for this. God, and just say their names and get it out of our heart. Because if we don't, then we're carrying bitterness. And it's hard to be passionate with bitterness. Can you be so in love with your spouse when, when you're bitter at them? You don't even want to kiss them. You want to cringe your nose up and your mouth up and turn your head. Ain't that right? <laughs> we don't want to kiss them when we're mad. So we have to get, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. When do we sin? When we let the sun go down on our wrath. When we won't get that out of our heart. When we When we want to keep carrying it so we have a justification to be angry. Amen. So he's saying, Abraham, and I feel like that's what Freedom Ministries is doing. And I know I'm talking about us a lot tonight, but this is my lot. This is this is my passion, Freedom Ministries and doing what God says. And so I feel like that's where we're at. We're actually at a place where he tells our leader, he tells me, he says, you want to go with me or you want to stay here? This is established. You want to go with me or stay here? Meaning that I still do this, but but there's a higher place. And that's when he started sending me out more, when I said, I want to go with you, God. I didn't know where I was going. There wasn't no phone calls happening. <laughs> there wasn't no calls coming in. And I said, okay, God, I don't... I See, some of you don't know. You, you don't feel like you have a place. You, you, you always feel like you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. But if you've surrendered, if you've, if God said, okay... You've done this for ten years, and you and it and that time's up for you in that doing that particular job. Then, if nothing seems to be opening for you, but the surrender comes in the heart. So the surrender came in my heart, and then for three months I wouldn't get no calls. All I'm doing is going home and 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 just feeling real lost. I mean, for about three months, not coming to prayer, just praying at home. And and I said, God, I don't, did I make a mistake? I left my country. I left my father's house. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing now, God. And 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 he spoke to me. He said, pursue it. Pursue it. Okay, what do I pursue? I go back to the word he spoke. Do you want to stay here or do you want to go with me? Go with me. Go with me. What does that mean? Pursue. Make connections. Get around people. Don't go push myself, but go submit myself. Get around. When, when he spoke, he said, I want you to go to that church uptown. And I want you to just go that night, go on that Wednesday night, and then somewhere else. I want you to do this, and 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 then I made goals. Okay, God, goals every month because I just say don't make a goal too big. Don't don't make it too big. I want stadiums, God. I got to have stadiums. <laughs> I, I I'm pursuing stadiums, God. I'm pursuing to preach into a hundred thousand in Africa. Uh-uh. I said, God, I'm pursuing. One opening a month. It doesn't matter to me if it's prayer, if it's whatever it is, one opening a month. And do you know that has not been one month, and that was probably March, there hadn't been one month that there wasn't a door open for me since. And now it's about twice a month or something like that. But I only did what I knew I could handle. I know the prayer. 
that it takes to still oversee this and to go out. And I say, God, you know, I think I can handle about one a month. So because, you know, he don't expect, he said, I won't put more on you than you can handle. And if we put all that pressure on us, then we're going to fall because we can't measure up. We we will crack. I'm telling you that the spirits out there, you don't want to jump stages. You want to go through the order that God's taking you through, the process, the steps, just like kindergartner can't be in 12th grade. You can't hand, hand a five-year-old Zeke's birthday last week. I can't go give him keys to a car. God's not going to do that. He's going to make us go through the steps because it's better for us. Because emotionally, physically, and spiritually, we will not be able to take it. And that's why so many fall, because they won't pursue, they won't pray, they won't be passionate about God. They get passionate about the call. They get passionate about the attention that the call brings. They get passionate about the value that people give them when they're doing good, instead of being passionate about Him. And the Word of God says, don't worship the creation, worship the Creator. Hey, as long as we keep our heart pure and passionate and how you do that, he's holy. He's the source of holiness. So if I want holiness, then I have to spend time with holiness. He said, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So keep my heart right and the passion will automatically be birthed out of us. The passion will be birthed out of us when he's our source, when we're not looking to other things, when we feel empty, when we're looking to him then he will fulfill us. And that's that song that says, Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Hallelujah. Fill me up, God. That's what we need to do when we feel empty. We need to quit looking for other people to give us value. and We need to go to him because it feels good. And and I know we, we want it, and it's good to affirm people because he said encourage one another daily, even as the day approaches. So, he knows the battle. He knows the enemy. He knows what self does. And I was thinking the other day that the enemy comes, especially for women and their value at a young age. He comes young and wants, you know, somebody to molest or somebody to this or that. And so steals all of our value that he can. But why do we give it to him? When we get these revelations, we won't give him any more of our value. We'll get up and we'll know our value. We, we'll get up and we'll start confessing that we are who we are in God, and the men. I see what he, what he does with the men. I see what he does with little boys. You don't supposed to cry. Oh, you you got to be a man, toughen up, toughen up. In that pure heart, you know, it, they just, they can't be. They, they, they have to turn into something that they're not. They have to, the enemy comes for their innocence at a young age because the, the a lot of that witty spirit, it comes for innocence. It comes to, to steal that purity, but we come against that in the name of Jesus, and we pull it down in Jesus' name. God showed me that witty spirit is betrayal. Witty spirits, and a lot of men do it. I mean, women do it too. They do it, but a lot of men do it with kids because it's it's fun, you know, it's fun. But if we're leaving them feeling valueless, if we're leaving them, like if we're making fun of anything that they're doing that's pure, if we're making fun, if if they say, I'm scared to hunt daddy, and we're like, boy, you ain't supposed to be scared. You ain't supposed to have no fear. Straighten up, you know, and we make fun of them. Well, they shut down, and it starts making them harder and harder and harder. 
So we just, gosh, show me that's betrayal. That's betrayal, that trickery and everything that we do, that picking and carrying on. So when you bring prophets around, which we've got a lot of prophets in the house, you bring prophets and evangelists and you bring truth, then it hits that. It hits that spirit. And then they want to get mad at truth and say, you won't never have no fun. You don't want to joke around. But no, they're not really joking around. That spirit in them is trying to corrupt the purity of God. And we take authority. I know, I know Miss Teresa's, her message is, her message is fun and it's good and it's truth. And then I come along and say, we got to, we've got to circumcise our heart. We want to be passionate for God. We got to let him circumcise our heart. And we just got to receive truth and quit getting angry at truth. Because really, if we don't want to be passionate, we can't blame that on anybody else. We can't. We have to say, why? God, why don't I have the passion for you that I see others have, God? Why don't, where is that in my heart? Oh, I don't ever read the Bible. Oh, I never listen to the Word. And a lot of teachers, a lot of the church uh, ministry of helps, they miss a lot of the Word. They miss a lot that they're keeping our kids, you know, and we need to help encourage them. And so to me, they're very strong because they keep their relationship with God and they, they stay above the water and they live in victory in it. But we need to encourage them. Amen. Does someone else have anything to say about uh, this prayer line tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. We magnify your name. We worship you, God. We honor you. The passion of the bride, God. Show us, Lord, show us any area in our life, God, that's keeping us from being soft to you, from from, from being passionate in you, God. Uh, Pastor Casey, can you unmute everybody? Or I think if you unmute yourself, you can hit star twice. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And everyone's unmuted now. Okay. We pray, God. We thank you, Jesus. Are you unmuted, Pastor? Are they unmuting? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, so y'all pray with me. Because we don't have any passion, we're not praying, God. Because we don't have any passion, we're not praying, God. Because we don't have any passion, we're not praying, God. Because we don't have any passion, we're not praying, God. Because we don't have any passion, we're not praying, God. Because we don't have any passion,
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, God. So, yeah, donations. Amen. <laughs> Not just for me, but for the Freedom Team going out. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, y'all know I don't never ask for money online. I'm just saying what God said. That's what he said. All right, let's look at uh, Luke 21, verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody shouting with me? Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Yes. Luke twenty one five. Let's see here. But I gotta give honor to Miss Teresa's apostle. He doesn't know me. He invited me though because I've he's met me through her like one time, very briefly. And he wanted me to come up there to his meeting and uh and I went and, and he's prophesied over everybody and at the end of it. He said, "There's a minister here, and she wants her team to go with her, and she wants she wants to be able to help pay their way." Well, he said, "Pay pay their way," and he said, "I want you to come up here right now." And I went to that front, and he said, "It's done in Jesus' name." Hallelujah! So God's birthing. I mean, if it's just fifteen dollars a month, just that's how partners do. You know, they start out fifteen dollars a month. But this is not Freedom Ministries shouldn't have to pay for this. The the people they want to plant a seed. It's mission work, you know, mission work. So let's let's read Luke twenty one five. It says, then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations. Okay, I read that one. Let's go to Jeremiah thirty one four. Thank you, Jesus. I'm losing my places in this Bible. Jeremiah thirty one four. Again, I will build you, and you shall be rebuilt. Somebody want to be rebuilt? <laughs> o virgin of Israel, you shall again be adorned with your tambourines and shall go forth in the dances of those who rejoice. You shall plant vines on the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and eat them as ordinary food, for there shall be a day when the watchmen will cry on Mount Ephraim. So God's ready to send us out. He's ready those of you that have died to your flesh, those of you that are are letting God do that work in you, and those of you that's paid a price, now he wants to present you. He's so proud of you, and he wants to present you. You are adorned. You are already adorned. And when people see you, and people, see, they see your gifts. You may go doing one thing, and they say, like, I go to preach, and then they call me to go lead prayer before they preach. Because what they really see is that prayer anointing. So you don't have to push yourself. They see the gifts on you. And the gifts and calling come from God and, and the Holy Spirit. He gets They choose who they want to, to do whatever. So, But you never have to push yourself. Just present yourself adorned. Adorned. Okay. Somebody say, I'm adorned. <laughs> I'm adorned. <laughs> I am adorned. I am adorned. the bride of Christ. Hey, I'm yes. the bride of Christ. And when people see me, they see they see something beautiful. They see something that adds. They see something that's garnishing. They they see something that's well pleasing. They see something attractive. They see something impressive. And God says, "I am so proud. I'm going to send you out." I see why He don't send us out first, because we ain't beautiful yet. Because we we are beautiful, but but when I was going through deliverance, I wasn't too pretty, you know. But 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 he gets all that out of us, and then he says, "This is my bride," and he's coming back for a church without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Hallelujah! 
We are the adorned. We are the Christ bride. He's presenting us well, and he's sending us out. God, we just pray now. We just pray that we get this revelation of this passion. We see that you are adorning your bride, God. We see that you're making us ready. You're making us ready. Right now, Richard and Cece, they're getting ready. She's getting ready to be married to him in two weeks. She's The bride is making herself ready. Amen. I'm making Amen. <laughs> Hey, I'm seeking him until he makes me ready. But I'm going to do my part. I can't go all over the world if I don't go over $300. The first little challenge. How far am I going to get? <laughs> How far am I going to get? But I honor. Even when I made that decision, my husband said he's going to pay for it. You know? But he didn't say that until I made the decision. <laughs> See, we got to get that. We got to get that. Amen. You know why? You know why? Yes. Because he didn't feel needed. See, if we if we do everything ourselves and we don't need nobody and we independent and they don't they don't come along and help. I'm not talking about begging. I'm talking about faith. When people see us walking faith, they see us like Abraham go on anyway. When they don't know where they're going, they want to bless that. And I've seen that with my husband every time. When he sees he's needed, he will provide for me. But if I act like I can make it myself, he won't do nothing for me. You see what I mean? See that right there? Same way with God. Same way with God. Why Why does he give us things if we think we don't need him? We can do it all ourselves. That's a whole nother revelation. So, But we'll be hearing more about from Miss Minister Teresa. And uh, we just honor her tonight. And thank you all for joining in. And Thursday, Facebook Live is going to be Monica and Jerry. I see the anointing on her. The fire of God was on her Sunday up there preaching. And then Jarek, when you get around him, he's preaching. So you got to let him preach because he'll dry up. So you got to let them, their gifts operate. So he's going to, him and her, Thursday at 5 o'clock, Facebook Live. Love y'all, and I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.